Well, you see, to, to get to Staley, he had to start off as a landlubber. <laughs> he had to progress up to a swabby for swabbing the poop deck. Oh. Uh, he then progressed to a cabin boy for swabbing my poop deck. Quite often, um, you do have to progress to a cabin boy. Welcome to the Late Night Vacuum! And we are live once again with another episode of Late Night Vacuum. As always, I'm joined by Dublar Thackeray. Hi there! And this time we have a very special guest in Captain Flint. Not Captain. Ha ha! Oi, mateys! Ha ha! <laughs> it's a pleasure to see you, Cap. How are you doing? I I be fine, matey. <laughs> I, I have me grog. What can go wrong? I'm oh, good, thank you. Thank this you show, oh this my show God. always goes this, wrong. This, yeah, yeah. although theoretically that has been the best intro opening we've ever had, so big ups to us, finally. Um, okay, so uh, let's harmonize in three, two, one. Narwhal. Narwhal. So everybody, uh, let's kick off with what we've been playing. Grackies, what have you been up to? Fallout 4. I've heard of that. Is it um, any good? <laughs> yes, I'm obsessed with it. Really? I, I am I, so I'm not surprised. For there's so many side quests, infinite side quests, and building of things. Like, I gather up piles of trash and go, I can use this. Yeah, I, I, I see you popping up as playing Fallout a lot. So Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I can't stop myself, especially now that I, I finally got my favorite gun in all of the Fallout series, and they put it back in in its own way. What is it? You load this gun with, they actually have a tab in your inventory for just junk now. And when you hit reload on the gun, it brings up your junk inventory and you throw junk into the gun. And it's basically a high speed accelerator that launches crap at the enemy. So paint cans, toys, like little plushy alien toys. You can shoot them at. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it, it weighs a freaking ton to carry around. But when I'm feeling in a mood, I bust that out and just start throwing crap at the enemy whenever I you... can. You're like at the end of that concert and there's a Native American there just a tear in his eye picking up all the debris that you fired. That's yes. so cruel. Oh, that's Have right. You... The junk gun. Literally. The junk it's, gun. It's called the junk gun. Nice. Cap, have you, been playing, have you been playing Fallout 4 as well? No, no. So I, I watched a little bit of streaming, only people streaming it, only just to get a feel for um, how the game looks and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, but not enough to spoil it for myself. But the thing is, mm -hmm. like with a game like that, I don't want to start playing it and then have to stop playing it because I literally have so little time that mm -hmm. isn't spent working or streaming to actually play games off stream. So, um, and I don't think now's a good time to stream it as a small streamer. Yeah. You're right. So I'd, I'd rather just avoid it for now. Um, and then in like a few weeks, a month down the line, I'll start a fresh playthrough. Um, and I'm just on my slower days and just, just hit it yeah. then. Um, but it's I, definitely on my list. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you. I, I 
I put so much time into Fallout 3. I have a very warm place in what's left of my heart for that game. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I really want to play Fallout 4. But uh, the hours, the time, the, it's just not right for it right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably going to hold off much longer. I'm trying to think about maybe a six-month anniversary break <laughs> of it. Um, but I eagerly look forward to playing it. Uh, Grackies, what else have you been playing? Uh, that and Star Citizen. I did play Star Citizen this week. Arr. And got very, very salty about some of the stuff in it, of course. What happened? Uh, the, the Basically, the metal loadouts that are going on right now, where it's, hey, I can use physical weapons that bypass shields in a way that even other physical weapons don't. So I can kill you in one shot. <laughs> Yay. So it's it's that plus uh, if you use one of the sets of CS missiles again, they, they're doing way more damage than normal. And they track, even if you strafe around them, all of a sudden they'll do a 180 degree turn and come right into you even if your countermeasures are out. So the countermeasures will catch him the first time, and then they just turn around about two seconds later and slam right into you. So it's like, oh, you can't dodge those missiles unless you have asteroids in the way. This is not fun. Mm. So, yeah. Um, anything else you've been playing, or has that been it? Uh, those two, and then a lot of writing for the upcoming D&D game that mm. I will be DMing. Yeah. Uh, hi, lad. <laughs> we actually have uh -huh. one of the players here. Yes, I shall be, apparently, I wanted to be a Scottish dwarf, but it sounds more and more like I'm going to be a pirate dwarf. <laughs> okay, I really have to watch this now. If you, are you going to be doing that voice? Well, this is the thing, because I've been, I've spent the last, what, five, five odd months of my streaming career cultivating this pirate voice, that now whenever yeah. I try and do an accent that sounds anything like it, give it, be it like a Cornish <laughs> accent or a... Um, Scottish accent or a probably American even Welsh accent, accent. It, accent. It, it just just becomes pirate version of that. So, um. <laughs> so I'm going to be doing my bad Scottish accent and asking, you know, what in the fuck is that accent? Whenever he he comes out and does his pirate to the I other dwarves, necessarily say that was a bad Scottish accent because uh, I'm not 100 percent sure it's Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> Uh, this is coming from a person who is Scottish who can't actually do an actual Scottish accent. I'm kind of buggered that way. Um, uh, it's called Cap. What have you been playing this week? Oh, so this week has been um, pretty fun-filled. I also have played some Star Citizen. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mostly just trolling people in my Bangstang um, in Battle Royale. Uh, that being a Mustang Peter, in case you're wondering what Bangstang was. Um, <laughs> Because it has the shag pad in the back. But uh, yeah, so me and my Bangstang fitted mm -hmm. up with a size 2 shield and four M3 lasers just trolling people. Um, because my maneuverability, it makes it harder for them to kill me. I can't kill them, but I just troll them around until they get bored and fly off. Um, so I did some of that. Um, I played a bit of Kingdom this week. Oh. Uh, for, for a bit of chill out. That's a fun little indie game. Um, yeah. You need three fingers to play it, which makes it a great drinking game because you have a whole hand free for the drinking um, <laughs> i want to ask you questions about that as well so but uh okay. tell us what else you've been playing um i did a full playthrough of uncharted one last sunday um start to finish in a day which was awesome beautiful game and i'll be doing uncharted 2 this sunday so that's gonna be awesome love um love it 
Mm-hmm. What else? Have I, I think I think that's all I've managed to play. I've done a lot of uh, Grogbot Dev this week as well. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have you wear many hats, most definitely. All the hats. All the hats. Um, so for myself, I've actually Ooh. finally, after all the woes of the <laughs> last few weeks, been playing games. I, actually, though, I'm saying it a bit too much. I finally played game, <laughs> uh, game, uh, and it, I played Kingdom as well. Um, and I'm very kind of. Uh, what did you think about it, Cap? Because um, I, go on. Sorry, just answering a question in chat. Um, so I think it's a great game. I mm. think it's super simple and chill on first impression. You get in the game, like, hey, this is super chill. I'm just running around my horse, picking mm-hmm. up gold coins that are popping out of these people, building things, um, and having a great old time when these goblins mm-hmm. come and popping them. And then after about half an hour of playing the game, you've gone from chilled, having fun building things, to stressing the hell out because there's another <laughs> bloody blood moon and the whole swarm of crap has just come and, and smashed through all your walls and all your gold's flying off everywhere and the goblins it's, are running off with your bows. And, and you're oh! running and your, your crown is flying and you're trying to get it before they get, but your horse is tired. Exactly, yeah. And, and at that point, you realize, actually, for a game that requires three keys to play, yeah. that has a very simple premise, it has such depth, um, and such like nuance to it um, mm. that you really mm. you got you got to make sure if you buy um, too many archers and not enough farmers, or you don't defend your farm properly, or um, you upgrade something too quick when you should have spent your money elsewhere, you get basically buggered um, and yeah. game over because it's it's of that kind of roguelite esque where if you die the game's over and you have to start over so. It was a weird game for me to play because I didn't really know fully what to expect. So it it very quickly realized itself as being a very chill, tranquil game with all the layers that you say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's one of those ones where I will be coming back to it, but I don't know if I'll be doing it necessarily for streaming because I was spending an awful lot of time pretending that uh, I was a rabbit. Um, <laughs> I'm... Why am I not surprised? So I was running around with all those kind of hair, the rabbit hairs, etc. And I was, I was either pretending to be them or I was congratulating the turreted bunny killers um, for, for, for their sterling work in, in the masked ghouls that were coming to us that had to be stopped. Um, that sounds I, like awesome stream material. Well, it is, but yeah. I, I, I then successfully managed to p- lose the nuances so that when I died, I wasn't exactly fully aware of um, why. Uh, it's like <laughs> I, I understood I made a critical mistake in that I thought I could do good, but I didn't actually, I wasn't particularly clear on the, do you know what? I, it's like I'm still not certain if at the end, after it's like a night or a week, your workers actually give up and, and leave and you have to, I mean, do you pay them more than once? No, no, no. So um, when you get attacked, yeah. if, if they're carrying an item, the first time a goblin hits them, they drop the item. Right. If they're not carrying an item or if they've already dropped their item, the goblin hits them, that they, they then basically knocks them out of your employee and they oh. uh, basically wander off. So you have to go and rehire them if they get knocked out in that way. Um, so and also, the goblin still if they come back again. So the exactly. goblin causes amnesia. Well, no, the goblin scares them, and they and they basically turn around and say, "Fuck your kingdom, I'm leaving." <laughs> Excuse my language. Mm. Um, no, kingdom's yeah. fine. 
<laughs> it's true. We can say kingdom all we want here. We can. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so the goblin will attack your guy, knock the item, the, the equipment out of his hands, then steal the equipment. What have you, in, in, in your playthrough, what did you find that actually, I mean, how far did you get? Um, so I got to XIL, uh, which is like pretty far, 30 something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, dis I destroyed both portals on the right hand side. Um, and I might have destroyed one on my left. I can't remember. Uh, I didn't manage to check because wow. when I killed when I killed the second portal on the right hand side, the biggest train of nasty bigness ever seen came running out, devastated almost everything, and I was left with three archers with bows and yeah. nothing else, and no gold left over. Oh, uh, so I had a population of about twenty. Still yeah. just walking around without any tools going, hey, this is a lovely day. Um, and then the next blood moon, blood moon came along and those those flying squiddy things came and took my three archers. And I was literally left with nothing capable of attacking anything and no money to actually buy anything. Because at that stage, your daily free chest gives you one coin. So I, I was screwed. So I, I had about three days of saying, right, I'm screwed now. Um, <laughs> at some point... I'm just, yeah. just, just going to die. And I so, decided to run off to the right, thinking, I'm going to run to freedom. I ran <laughs> all the way to the right side of the map, got to the bridge, went let me over the bridge. I just sat there, and about five minutes later, an entire swarm of goblins came through and killed me. The oh. Lord goes down with the city. No, I ran. I left the city. Screw them, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I'm just going out for 20 Rothman. <laughs> um so uh, I guess from that, as a general, because I'd love to kind of, what did you focus on first? Was it just a, an <clears throat> even build or did you uh, focus on uh, building or uh, like defenses or was it, you know, what, what kind of got you through the first bit? So the trick is not to build up or expand too quickly or to build up too quickly. So um, my, when I start off, I get my one builder, one archer. Mm -hmm. um, I then get, um, I build up to four archers to start off with, to have a couple on each side. Um, and I build my initial perimeter, so mm -hmm. a wall on each side, and then I build up the walls again. So, so I have, I set my initial perimeter. I then expand out one extra block each side with an extra wall and tower and build the basic towers and then have some more um, archers. Once I have my perimeter established, then I start building up my um, center base a little bit, Build, building more workers because they're going to help you expand and mm -hmm. make sure that every opportunity I get more population. Just keep on bringing in the population from nearest towns. Um, then you need to establish which side you're going to have your farm on. It's, it's, it's like critical that your farm, you can build a wall on the other side of the farm. Um, mm -hmm. Also bear in mind, when you build the farm, the first level, the farmers go out to the farm, they come back inside the town. When you build the second level, they stay in the farm. So if it's not defended mm -hmm. by a wall... Mm. Goblins will just kill them straight away. Mm. So if you don't have a wall, have a basic farm and build one on both sides. If you can put a wall up, make that into an advanced farm um, and, and just fill it with farmers, like five of them. Um, also, every opportunity, go out to whichever side the, um, the donkey man is, give him four yes. gold and it brings you a whole rack of uh, equipment. Yeah, because I managed to get gold in time for the donkey man. Mm -hmm. That I sounds like a Tom Waits song. <laughs> Somebody um, went and visited Tijuana. I'm thinking. Also, explore because there is a gold. There is a chest you can find as well on one oh, of the sites. Oh, lovely! Which gives you a pile of gold. 
<laughs> the um but uh yeah no so yeah okay yeah yeah i'm gonna cut this stream early so i can play more kingdom now thanks oh, oh, also, oh, oh, one last one last thing <laughs> yeah a great stone as soon as possible is this the stone on the right the the kind of the temple next to well it, it's, it's generated randomly which side it's on but yeah there's a, an individual little temple-y thing that's wooden if you upgrade it it turns into stone that allows you to build stone walls your your outside perimeter walls should be stone no question. Duplar didn't realize that. No, I didn't. Shit. Yeah. Um, okay. And, yeah. And, and, th and then it makes it a lot harder for them to get in. Um, and then there's also the, the other altars that you can upgrade, which strengthen your walls um, and strength and increase the accuracy of your archers and stuff. This, like I said, there's layers, man. There's so many layers. I've, I've literally only just skimmed the rim. You have. With your three fingers. With my three fingers. Waiting for the donkey man. Waiting for the donkey man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, so, I, I just, have, just have to yeah. do a quick prop for uh, It's Gimme, who uh, supplied Yeah. Me. Yeah, he's been great. Uh, big props to him for this. I'm stripping Huge. off now. Huge props. It's, it's all this talk of rims and fingers. It's, it's getting a bit warm. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to edit that. Get out the guns. I, 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 don't, I don't mind Cap getting warm, but uh, Grackies, you and I, we, we sound like we're grooming. Um, so, uh, into Star Citizen world. Um, uh, Chris came back for 10 for the Chairman. He um, so let's start there. Um, anything uh, shine it's like from there that either of you want to kind of talk about? What did we see? To me, it was mostly the same but captain flint did bring up one good point what was it that you found there that you were speaking about different ship speeds i believe it was well i brought up three but yeah the different ship speeds so um there was a question about mm. where is the question let me find the actual question do all ships have the same speed while in quantum slash super cruise uh and it's, it's an interesting open question about like yeah. ship speeds and the changes that are coming with the new um ship system-based speed calculations and the removal of the hard cap, um, which is kind of cool. So um, based, on what cool. You're, what you're, based on what you're equipping on your ship and the way you're doing the powers, and we're actually seeing that already a bit. So, for example, if you take a M50 and strap on uh, the mass drivers, it doesn't go as fast because um, a lot of power is taken away from the engines, so the amount of power going into the engines is less, the speed's less. But this, obviously, it transfers onto the quantum and super cruise. And, and Chris mentioned that it's going to be interesting because if you're space trucking in a massive, like, hull E, mm -hmm. um, that's going to be a lot slower in, in all speeds, which includes quantum. So it maybe only goes 0.1C yeah. instead of 0.2. And if you're trucking along, across a long system, it's going to take... 15 minutes um, in like a, a 0.2C ship, you could be sat in quantum for like 30 minutes. Um, and, and space truckers like that. They, they come up with other things to talk about. Like you, you got the likes yep. of Geek Stanton who can talk about random crap for hours um, and he's going to be fine in that. And, but then also when they previously talked about wanting to put in your mini games and things mm -hmm. so you can head back into your living area and play some star citizen poker or whatever watch a video yeah exactly yeah you watch watch the news on your your vid screen and and do all this kind of i mean honestly guys this is what one of the key things that that differentiates star citizen for me from other games and what draws me to it mm. 
is the fact that I may have to be sat in Quantum for a chunk of time, that I will have to like hop out of my seat and go chat with my friends in the back of the ship and chill out. And and um, if I've got a big ship, maybe jump in the sim pod and fly some arena commander or stick on an arcade marine and play Super Vanguard Force. I, I don't know. Feed your fish. Feed, feed yes. my fish, indeed. Yeah. Feed them bits of crab. Screw that crab. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, crab will uh, be coming for you in your sleep now. Oh, hell, the mighty space crab. Yeah, but I mean, I, I like that. But it, it's it's good that we're not just going to have one solid quantum speed. Yeah. Uh, and if you're hauling, it's not just a case of um, which ship is going to be carrying the most stuff, because that's the most profit. It's going to be some um, equation of the amount that I can carry, the um, the uh, jump points I can use, and the actual speed I can travel in quantum drive. Yeah, and then actually working out which is going to be the most profitable for me. What this That's scenario going to be an interesting calculation system to right, build uh, out for people. Yeah, the yeah, scenario yeah. the scenario I have in my head, which is going to be quite juicy and delicious. Now I'm not a pirate, unlike certain people. Um, I hey, one a man gently grazes his finger. Not actually a pirate. Are you not actually a pirate? Well, he's a privateer, I believe. So, so, so I, uh, I'm a free. Okay. I'm a free in Star Citizen. I'm a freelancer. You've taken but, a letter. But in, in general, in general, um, I'm not the rape, pillage, um, destroy your ship, nasty pirate. I'm oh, the monkey, no. Island, monkey island in search of great booty in the hand of a beautiful governor. Insult sword fighting pirate is a slight difference. That's awesome. But carry on. <laughs> um, so, he's a so, humorous gentleman pirate. Oh, the best kind of pirate. A lovable rogue. Yes. Yes. Oh, you rapscallion. You. <laughs> um, so it, I picture this scenario. You're, you're in your hull E. You've, uh, you've lost your escorts because they've been attacked by some cutlasses or what have you. And you jump to quantum. You're going in a straight line. Something tells me they'll know which direction you're going and they can go faster. So you've got maybe a 30 minute travel to get to your destination and you know that they're going faster to you. You can be brought out of quantum by anything in your way. So as long as the cutlasses or other ships are fast enough, they can get ahead of you and try to do an obstacle block. So you're playing those like 30 minutes going, at what point am I going to get lynched and how can I be ready? Well, to start with, you'd have one of your officers on the uh, on the sensor console scanning yeah. ahead to uh, see if of there's course. anything that might be of issue. Oh, multi-crew, multiple roles, things we can do. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that, that's where I'd go with that. I think so, too. It's going to be mm. rather lovely. <laughs> then we can just sit and play poker and have conversations in between and hope yeah. that the uh, person uh, uh, at the sensor console is actually paying attention. <laughs> Yeah, Did you hear not, that? Not drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be a thing. It's like, what do you hear, sensorman or sensor woman? Well, currently I'm listening to Radio Six, and it's like we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, we don't have Radio Six over but, here. But I, I, I just hope that we have some way to set um, alert levels on the ship that changes the lighting and the awooga alarms and that things. That does require changing the light bulb. They have said <laughs> that they are going to have different alert levels on the ships. Yeah. And the ships are going to have, like, their own lighting stuff. Sort of RSI is going to have their brand of alert, and Aegis is going to have theirs, but they're all going to have cool little alert systems. 
Mm-hmm. All funny. I hope is that the reclaimer has an alert system. When it goes off, it's just like Alien. Oh, yeah. Mm, that ship yeah. looks like it's the Nostromo. It's the Nostromo of Star Citizen. Yeah, so if they it, have an alert similar nice to ship. that. Oh, I would be it, in heaven. And it also needs lots of gratuitous steam. Yes, coming out of vents and water dripping inexplicably. Uh, yeah, definitely and chains, solved. chains, and chains. Yep. Just chains, just chains, just chains, just chains. Yeah, just because just, like just... it's a flat ceiling, but for some reason there's chains there. Yeah. <laughs> well. well yeah. I suppose it could be like a chain pulley system crane for lifting up a scrap. When, but as when, long as there's chains. Yeah. We, we started to go there. Um, <laughs> so anything else from the 10 for the chairman? Because uh, there was there was the quantum... Um, oh, God, what was there? So they, they, yeah. they also talked about um, how missions are going to be generated. Um, it has been talked about before, but you went into it with a bit more detail this time. Yeah, more of a cycle of how it all feeds. Yeah, yeah. How how the the um, the econ- economic simulation, the separate turn based um, kind of world simulation feeds missions into the verse, and how um, either we as players pick up the missions or NPCs pick up the missions, um, and then the outcomes of those missions feed back into the um, the economic simulation um, and help kind of massage the overall state of each system um, which essentially it does um, affect change um, so the whole thing remains dynamic over the whole time so mm. it's not just a case of this is where you go if you want to spawn the pirates this is where you go um, if you want to do this particular extremely lucrative trading mission of shipping this goods to this other place could be anywhere it's all- anytime Exactly. It's all on supply and demand. If this is known as a good place for pirates, we'll, players will go kill all the pirates. Um, yeah. And then the pirates won't be there anymore. If people know that there's a lucrative run shipping this good from here to there, people are going to go and they're going to fulfill all the contracts there and then that's going to be gone because this other place has got all the stuff it needs. Maybe it has a surplus now. Maybe that new place has, um, then needs to ship off the produce that is created, but it now has a massive surplus of, so it has a large priority shipments of that to somewhere else. So the, the whole thing will it kind of change and, and kind of expand and, and just, just dynamically balance itself out over time, which is kind of sweet. But yeah, that's, he talked a little bit about that. That's why I'm looking forward to the how they do all those design documents i i'm one of those odd ones though i think a lot of the star citizen fans are as well where i'm looking forward to the economics design document like Mm. even more detail on what they've done with it i i just i don't know why but i want to read how the numbers work yeah (laughs) oh sexy numbers i definitely care less about the numbers (laughs) i mean i i definitely appreciate the approach um, like I've said before, I, I actually came up with a very similar system for doing dynamic ecology for a game I was working on years back. Um, this is just taking it to a, the next level. So I, I really appreciate what they're doing from a innovation standpoint there. So it, it's pretty cool. And it's impressive um, that it's already up and running. Yeah, yeah, in, in a basic sense. But from the way he was talking about it, it's like mm. we're going to have a simplistic form of this for um, the 2.0 drop that we're going to get. So they've talked about having the npcs flying around inside the mini pu about having those attacked by pirates about us being able to encounter and defend them about generating missions for the mission boards um so they've talked about all that stuff actually being in there which is kind of cool 
I was actually speaking to the simulator that they have up and running that they oh, talked about oh, yeah, a while yeah. ago. With oh, yeah, totally. The totally. full universe is already being simulated behind the scenes with all the missions and stuff. And they were like, yeah, we already have that up and running. It's, it's running millions upon cal- uh, millions of calculations just because. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Yes. Well, or rather it, lovely. There's no, no better way to shake it out than just let it run for a few months and see what happens. Yeah. Yep. And see if, see if any crazy numbers drop out. <laughs> um, True enough. Um, yeah, I think, I think the only other thing that I, that I recall from the temper of the chairman was um, that he did um, address the question about what's the point of the hangar once we have 2.0. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there is there is still some point, thankfully. Yeah, it'll, it'll still be a thing. I mean, mm-hmm. essentially, well, we don't know how it's going to look, really. We don't know how it's going to look. But at, at some point, I believe they're going to link it all up with... Um, the elevator system. So there'll be an elevator on the space station that allows us to go to our doesn't really fit within the space station at all, but kind of works if you completely gloss over the reality of it. Hangar. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it still serves a function. It's still our way to look around our um, ships. Um, and ultimately, the hangars will be in the PU. They'll just be located on systems. Yep. Where they, well, yeah. We'll but, get to um, think our systems and that's where they'll be but how do we still get that element in the 2.0? Yeah, and the thing is, like, you can't. They're not going to design a whole system that allows them to um, plausibly stick the hangars into, like, the 2.0 space station thing because it's not... There's no point. It's not adding anything to the game. Time spent developing something mm-hmm. just to make a few people who are grumpy because it doesn't seem real that our hangars are in this, that our asteroid hangars in the middle of a space station. There's there's no point pandering to that because it's not a system that's going to be used in the game. Yeah. Yes. It's not um, ready at that stage yet. So. No, yeah, no. Absolutely. Hand wave magic illusion, you know. Exactly. And that, that's just belief a little extra. Ha- hand wavium. Hand yes. wave. It's indeed. powered by hand wavium. <laughs> Yeah, it's all going to be good. Also, I know um, is I'm looking forward to my hangar being in the I'm a snob early packer system that other people aren't allowed to have hangers in. So we can look down our noses at them and, and be hoity-toity on the on an 890 and drinking like really fancy drinks while standing up there in, in you, nice clothes. You elitist scum. <laughs> it's going to be your damn 890. I, well, okay, yeah, true. I am a champagne socialist, it seems. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who who's the middle guy? Brett. Brett. I, I know. Just, just just catch up with chat. That that's just cruel, man. I know you. I um, know yeah. you, sir. And actually, but that builds for a fantastic segue uh, in the section we now call "Who's that middle guy?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, we have uh, the uh, wonderful Captain Flint um, with us uh, today, and. Uh, He's he's come on for uh, to wax lyrical about gaming and Star Citizen, and it would be great to kind of get some background about who you are, uh, what you do, and why you do, and also uh, how you got into Star Citizen. What was your story? Tell us all okay, the things. Okay. Wow, so many questions, so little time. So I am Captain Flint. Uh, some might know who I am. I have been floating around the Star Citizen community for uh, a few months now. Um, I do. I am I'm a variety streamer because I, I only have time to stream or work. And so if I'm playing games, I stream them. Um, so because of that, I am a multi-gamer. But I have a large focus on Star Citizen because the game is awesome. Now how I got into Star Citizen. So I actually backed 
the original Kickstarter back in 2012. Um, so I have my Aurora MR uh, from that point where I, I, uh, um, I don't think it was a very high level that I backed out. It was like Digital Scout or something. Mm -hmm. But the ideas were enough to really entice me because, like I said, like a lot of the plans they have tie quite closely to the um, the plans that I had for something I was working on at the time, um, which fell through. So we won't talk about that. Okay. Um, but yeah, so um, I was like very excited about what they were planning to do. But I am terrible at waiting for things. I am so impatient. Mm. So impatient. So once the kickstart was done, I then adamantly and completely um, avoided anything to do with Star Citizen. I just wiped it from my brain um, for a long time. And then I can't remember how many months ago it was now, like three or four months ago. Um, I somehow said, oh, I remember this game I backed a while back called Star Citizen. I, I might as well just have a little check in. So I started oh. checking out some uh, YouTube mm, videos. The beginning of the that's, that's how it starts. Yeah, I watched something on Super, by Super Matt Brothers and some stuff by Board Gamer. Um, and then I watched the Grab Your Hands video. Ah. And, mm. and I was like, that is actually awesome. And I'd theorized the whole how you can have things on top of things and how you can like um, dynamically associate entities such that you can have what we're essentially getting now as local grid. I'd theorized stuff like that, but no, no, nobody had done it well up to that point. So I saw it, and I was immediately taken by the work, the depth of work they put into the complexities and the um, innovation in the game systems. Mm. I mean, anyone, anyone can make a fancy, awesome graphics space game. The fact that they're putting so much time and effort into making these awesome game systems, the solid foundations of what we're going to get, that's what really struck up my interest. And that, that led to uh, about a week of many, many hours of watching videos and reading things and catching up on everything to do with Star Citizen. Um, finally downloading and installing the, um, the uh, Arena Clan, so Star Citizen, getting into the hangar, checking out my Aurora, um, and then spending lots of money on ships and flying lots of spaceships around and essentially taking what was <laughs> was originally. Um, so I, I got a large amount of following playing um, Elder Scrolls Online yeah, um, and just kind of flipped over almost overnight to I'm just going to do a lot of Star Citizen now. Um, and that's where that came from. Um, the Star Citizen community embraced me, which is awesome. Um, mm -hmm. Bad News Gaming then embraced me, which was awesome. Um, and uh, that the rest of it is pretty much history. So, uh, yeah, that, that's where I came from. And I, I am, yeah. It, so it I, sounds... I am now a streamer, um, a, a part-time wannabe game dev, um, and a professional computer hacker. It sounds like a litany of awesome, and long may that continue, sir. Indeed. Uh, it is indeed. a great tale. And I, I, I want to either apologize or say you can have more for the, the extra handsiness when we embraced you. So... <laughs> it's all good, and and it was excellent. I got to meet both, meet you, Double R Thackeray at uh, CitizenCon. Yeah, it was great to see you, sir. Uh, and of I course, need to meet the Grockies now as well. Uh yes. Um, the, I I I can only be an emissary for the Grockies. I am the Silver Surfer to his Galacticus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, but what I was gonna what was didn't gonna say Silver is, Surfer turn on Galacticus and go after him eventually? Though I mean. No, dude, you see, I'm building up for a great season finale. Oh, okay. Um, so Spoiler. the, uh, 
It was actually when you were talking about the, I, I walked away and then I kind of came back and then it was videos and it was like, oh my God. Uh, I, I, that was exactly uh, uh, in a previous podcast, I think we may have talked about this. Um, but uh, I didn't fund the Kickstarter. Um, I had enough things going on in my life. I saw it. I didn't focus on it. I, I backed immediately after the Kickstarter. Yep. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and then, and then I kind of walked away and I came back to it a good while later. I started reading up about it and my mind fizzed. So I sat down, uh, I wasn't, well, I had like the flu or something and I watched all of the next great starship and every 10th of the chairman back to back up until that point. And I went, yeah. whoa, um, I, I, it hit me hard as it were. So much material to go through. So much. It's a, it's a, if you're not on top of it constantly, you can yeah. skip two weeks and they go, what the hell did they just change? So, uh, yeah. so out of interest, to throw yeah. a question back at you, which I'll answer myself as well. Given Star, Star Citizen as a chunk, what are the top three, like one, two, maybe three, yeah. like, Concepts or features of Star Citizen that really draw you to the game? Hmm. Um, I think one of the core things that draws me to the game is the feeling that a lot of their design mechanics, at least from the, how they're approaching it, is around the notion of generative actions. So they're tr so when things happen in in game, they. Tr they're trying to base uh, the actions and reactions based off what would happen in the real world. So as a result of that, I think it starts to create a framework where uh, you don't necessarily have to be uh, the bounty hunter. You don't necessarily have to be the cargo person. You don't necessarily have to be X, Y, Z. You can be uh, the mix and flavor of all that you want and still have a, a, a world or a system or a universe that... Uh, can react appropriately and reflect what could happen to you as if it were quote unquote real. So, uh, so the idea is that you make your own adventure in a generative way, but the system yep. backs and supports you. Yep. Yeah. Even down to the micro level, they're doing that. Yeah. Like the explosion system. It's not just a ship blows up. It's the chain of events that results in the destruction of the ship. It's, mm -hmm. it's, yeah, like you say, it's, it's how the result is based off of the inputs. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And the one thing that, uh, and, and I, I'm always fascinated with this uh, notion just from uh, uh, another kind of game design viewpoint, which is that losing should be fun. Uh, uh, fundamentally, uh, if we if we ever play like a, a Mario kind of level game, uh, why do we continue? Um, so I I absolutely look forward to getting lynched. Um, I look forward to making this stupid decision because it's been known. Um, and I I I look forward because I I look forward to uh, the delight I will kind of get from what happens after. Uh, so I can then start it and keep moving on. 
Um, and this seems this seems like, <laughs> given my ability to fly a ship, this is going to be a game with a lot of delight. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to. I'll make sure your your first death is is a wonderful and and spectacular experience, Duplar. Just you, make sure it's a little death. You'll be the second person I kill after Trevor Basque. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so, uh, back to you, Cap and Grackies, what's the kind of things that you've been looking at that really appeal to you about this game? I'll, I'll kick off here. We'll, we'll let Cap, since he posed the question, uh, wrap on the question and everything for, for me, the, the biggest thing is it, it is that build your own experience situation. It is the build your story in the verse. And to me, it, it's very much what. The experience was for a lot of players and how they built up in Star Wars Galaxies. It harkens back to that for me. When when it was still coming out and in the early days of it, the community built this entire, you know, they, they gave us a big sandbox to play in and we went and played. And we did mm. things that were unexpected because we could. And that was the fun of it. it it's the, I can do this stuff just because it's here. So I'm going to do this stuff. And it, it creates all these weaving and, and twisting and turning stories and like i said i have the the death sentence i'm placing on trevor basque for example i will find <laughs> his npc in the verse i don't care how well guarded he is i will build up a force big enough and kill an npc off who's already in their lore a known person so i am already saying that my player character the first one in before the death happens and everything else is is already set out to murder someone, which will have repercussions. And that'll play out in news stories and events and and so on and so forth. And that that all ties and weaves together in a way that most games don't. You know, most games it's mm. yeah, there is story to it. Yeah, there there is something to go and do and accomplish and achieve, but it isn't in a way where you can weave your story into what they have mm. already. You yeah. build the tapestry with them and that that is just so many different levels of what you can do within it that covers all three easily for me. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's honestly one of one of my ones well, I'll get back to you in a second, but one one of mine as well. Like what you're talking about there is um the framework for emergence. It's building a game with the systems and the freedom to become more than the sum of its parts. Yes. Um yep. and, and and for um basically giving us the tools to create interesting situations within the world. I mean, you can do this in single-player games like Fallout or whatever, but then when you add in the spice being the social aspect as well and the dynamic social interactions that can happen because of this emergence, that's when you have the perfect storm of awesome. And I think that's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. When it's tied into permanence, which is the other thing that you mentioned on. So having it, so not only are we able to generate these crazy um, situations and content and, and adventures, like the random crap we do on Friday Throwdown and stuff, it's just random things within the realms of what the game's given us to play, having yeah. the social interactions from that and having that actually impact the world in a permanent way, um, it, it, it blows the mind. And yeah, I, I totally feel it there, Grockies. Totally feel you. Awesome source. Anything uh, else? We, ooh, he did. Yeah, uh, we actually had an a observation question from Beard Hat in chat talking about the sandbox aspect. He, he was asking, how much player persistence do you think the players will be able to inflict upon the world like player-built stations or planet-side outposts to harbor our ships and stuff. So, uh, yeah, cap. So, 
Um, current plan, um, which every plan with Star Citizen is, um, like, uh, it w will change between now and release, yep. and will probably change again after release. Um, oh, we, have the, the, we have the goalposts for getting the game out. Then we have a load of wish list items that are probably done later on. And things like building stations and um, planet side outposts and all the rest of it is on the furthest end of the spectrum. Yes. Of, yep. These would be super cool. They have talked about um, potentially being able to um, take control of and manage space stations out there. Um, they've talked out about some of the bigger things. So, for example, big capital ships. Mm -hmm. uh, your Bengal carriers and stuff being persistent in the world and be able to take control of those. Yep. Um, insofar as owning stuff, that's about as far as you'll go for now. Uh, within the persistence for now. Um, but I think I think it's enough to get started with, right? Um, oh, as yeah. for how, how much will actually impact the world, you've got to bear in mind that where the player base is going to amount to about 10% of the entire population. Um, done specifically so that a uh, single group of players cannot um, irreparably can't we can't fuck the, things up. We can't screw things up. We can't <laughs> yes. screw up the economy. We can't make the game on yeah. for everyone else. Um, we can <laughs> influence things, but we can't screw it up beyond our recognition. Yeah, exactly. challenge accepted. <laughs> Yeah, we can definitely try. We can certainly yes. try. Uh, and if, you make a, if you make a big enough movement, they'll write it into the law, like Operation Pitchfork. That is that's, so that's, awesome. Yeah. That's a big player movement. Um, uh, and that's the sort of persistence we have. Have you heard about uh, Operation Iron Haybale? <laughs> is, is this a Vandal sympathizer group? It's actually the is CIG's internal name for their response to Operation Pitchfork. <laughs> it's it, it's the, what the Vanduul are going to do to respond. So it's the NPC response. There is a Vanduul sympathizer group. They're Operation Yawspoon. Right. Yeah. Wow. Talking about the um uh the the, the Vanduul and Pitchfork. Did you see uh what just came out? I think either today or yesterday. Um. Uh. The uh was it v Vegas two? got accepted into the UEE and is now a thing called Aramis. And one of the first actions they've done is they've asked the Senate to cut the crap and actually do a vote on going officially to war with the Vandal. Oh, no. Uh, so the last come thing, that's with, that's with the Imperator uh, uh, on the floor. Um, and, they've, and as of the end of the, the com link, they've started voting. Oh, so, this is gonna be well. This is where Squadron Forty Two is gonna kick off. Yeah. So. so it's quite nice to see that they've obviously got some form of timeline of content that they're uh, going to be releasing in sync for the release of the eventual game of the single mm. player Squadron Forty Two. So this is this is really from from the from the first attack prior to CitizenCon, uh, you know, onwards. Yep. We're going to start more of this. I think it's really cool, and it's I look forward to seeing the fiction and what reactions that come out of the community. It's certainly a level of content you don't often see with developers and stuff, how they, they build up to a situation through mm. the writing and everything else yes. that they didn't, they wouldn't have to do this. They could just be like, here's the story of squadron 42, go play, have fun. But instead yeah. they, they build this whole narrative and everything behind it. And the, 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 what this really makes me think about is the fact that we are seeing the tip of the proverbial iceberg. Yeah, we're seeing we're seeing just the tip. We are, um, 
Uh, and there's a narwhal on Saturday. <laughs> but uh, no, so we're, we're seeing what they are, what they've given us so far. But there is so much work that's happened behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. Um, so the whole of Squadron 42, we've seen just a little cinematic. We haven't seen anything in the gameplay, but we know it's, it's going on. Um, and we know they've got a lot of stuff they've done for it. Um, we, we, we know they've worked on loads of systems. But aside from all that, the writing, the lore, the backstory... Mm -hmm. Stories like these feeding up to Squadron 42, these aren't things where you say, hey, writer, give me another bit of story, and he drops it. These are pre-planned, pre-orchestrated, run-up stories um, that they've probably had planned out for years, um, and now they're slowly yeah. feeding it into us. Um, and I think that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's amazing. And I, I think, especially in the face of all the flack they get, that they still say, no, this is how we're going to go forward. We're not going to throw out all this extra stuff which may dispel some of this crap that's going on because we feel this would damage um, Squadron 42 and mm -hmm. players' enjoyment of Squadron 42. We're going to keep hold of it. We're going to keep our clear cards close to our chest, and we're just going to let the game speak for itself. So I think that's awesome. It's a very classy thing. It is. Um, yeah. Um, so moving on from that, we've uh, just come through from... Uh, uh, ATV around the verse. Yes. Uh, there were some quite nice pieces there, but there was one tiny piece that I don't know if people noticed. Uh, when we were in the Frankfurt studio and they were talking about the shipyard scene, <laughs> did you hear uh, they were talking about this rather large ship? Large ship. Um, yes, yes, they did. It was what, six kilometers, I think? Uh, about five to six kilometers. Uh, it depends on the angle that you look at it. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> and they said, they said it was like you could go close to it, but it'd take you ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Roberts, that's probably hyperbole, but oh my god. Chris Roberts in the past did make mention of uh, basically a ship that was dwarf the other capital ships currently there there were ships out there that were going to absolutely dwarf a bengal carrier i i remember us talking about that specifically when that phrase hit and mm. you know it sort of raised an eyebrow and everyone what dwarfing a because already that ship is going to be ridiculous in size yeah. yes something that's five to six that's a city in i mean you're talking mm. superstar destroyer size You'll need like a thousand NPCs just to make it feel semi-populated. But that is, oh, if that's out somewhere in the PU that we could just <sighs> go and... Oh, with the damage model that. and explosions, if you shoot a bit off and then like a whole plume of NPCs float out into space, that'd be amazing. Oh, that's... Oh, a, oh could, you, could you imagine you, cro you cross one meeting room in the ship and you have to go across three zones? <laughs> <laughs> But actually, uh, we probably may not have time uh, to come up with it, but I'd love to know what, our, what we think the ship is called. What, 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 if we had a ship that size, what would we call it? Well, I mean, how big is the king ship out of interest? Um, it's oh. bigger than a breadbasket. <laughs> Actual size, like meters, don't know. But size compared to a Bengal, if, when I put them side by side, it, if I remember correctly, it was like, Three and a half times the size of a Bengal. I, th I thought so because it can all they can, they expand it with bits of ships they'd beat as well, don't they? Or something. Yeah, or, pretty much. Yeah. But um, but yeah, there was the the super cap that has been shown off in size comparisons that was maybe about four times the size of the Bengal, and the Bengal's about a k and a half. 
um, about that. I think so. So, so probably that super cap, and I, I can't remember if it actually had a name, but it has to be significantly awesome. We, we need mm. to come up with some name because we have Bengals, we have Javelins, we have the Idris. We, we need to come up with something cool for that thing. Mm. <laughs> uh, no, I've gone wrong. I was thinking some pipe blocker. <laughs> <laughs> Plum all. Plum all. Yes. Um, it's, it's, some, it's three flushes. Um, <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> um, yeah, we can we can noodle on that. Um, so yeah, we we did see quite a few good things. Uh, it was good to see them in the Austin office, as uh, yes. you know, uh, and they were there for a beer citizen. But what kind of grackies? What kind of stood out in terms of what you saw from ATV? Because I think I know what. You, yes, because you messaged me. You went a bit special, and I went I a bit did. special. The Connie in the in the ship shape when they were showing it off. Oh my god, yes. that that was straight spaceship porn. I made a little sex wee. A oh. little one, just a little one, just a little one. Oh, it, it, <laughs> it's for those in audio land. It's it's the fact he's got the way he's got his finger against his lips. It just <laughs> sets the scene. The um. Yes. Oh God. Um, I was. I, I. I. knew we were going to see the Connie. I wasn't prepared for just how beautiful it was. Yeah, it's definitely up in line with like the quality that we're seeing that's showing the Retaliator, the new Retaliator. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you do a straight side by side comparison of the quality of, say, the Aquila sat in the hangar right now and that, it's mm -hmm. not even in the same league. Yeah, it seems bigger, too, the way they laid it out into four sections now mm. with, you know, the cockpit and then you have the neck, the body, and then the, the back or the engine area and everything else. It just, when they were going through it, I'm like, that just, I don't know, something about it seems bigger. The ship seems bigger, even though it really isn't. The space is used a lot better. Yes, there is a lot of wasted, open, airy space in the old constellation design that because it's wasted open space, your mind just kind of concatenates the useful space together. And yeah. it doesn't feel very big. Um, whereas this, it has functional blocks, which has functional things in there. It has um, lots more things that are drawing attention. So the weapon yep. racks, the, the, um, the toilets, the, the ejection pods, um, all within the central area. Then you've got the front um, like cockpit area with all of the um, cockpit things. Um, <laughs> whatever. Cockpit um, things. Slow yeah. down with all those technical terms there, boy. <laughs> I know, I know. But but it, it's there's a lot more going on. You are seeing lots more things. It, your, your, your imagination of that space just grows with the amount of things you can accomplish in that space. So, Honestly, yeah. one of the things that made me, like, the cockpit area it was still pretty much the same. But it was the new living quarters, especially the the part that really got me and made me go, oh, that's actually really, really cool. And it wasn't even, like, the glass additives to the escape pods or anything. It was the fact that the table pops up out of the floor. Yes, I can't yeah. believe it. I went, future. Um, and it was like, and where's the airlock? Hang on, let me read that sign. I'm on the airlock. Um, and to be honest, I loved the airlock redesigns. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they're amazing. The yeah. 
from something that was overly looked overly automatic to something that looks more mechanical therefore it has a kind of a weight to it it does now before it, it seemed flimsy now it's like this heavy hatch well it's no that's the visual design but it's like yeah. in the sa- in the same way that um uh you can you can imagine the kind of uh exertion or action having to move that lever which mm-hmm. then will influence your your uh your brain as your mind as you um experience the game is a nice is a nice touch because so, it creates a waiting yeah well i'm i'm kind of wondering if they're going to retrofit that onto the auroras because mm-hmm. that's the rsi hatch mechanism right yeah because yep. the auroras and the carney had the same hatch mechanism because they're RSI, that's their trademark thing. I wonder if they're going to change that over for the Auroras as well, which is kind of kind of good for like uniformity, but also kind of bad because that door window is a lot of the visibility when you're stood mm. in the back of the Aurora. So I don't know. I did notice that uh, I think in the Connie version they did have little kind of glass windows in it, but you, it wasn't immediately visible. No. You sort of think from the outside. But it yeah. does. It has greatly reduced the visibility. Though on the outside, they were missing something very, very important. What? Space bees. They're gone. I didn't see them on the top anymore. What the hell are space bees? If you Blue stand on to top the of your uh, on your constellation right now, there's mm. four ports for the. Sim- they're essentially they were. I'm pretty sure they were the countermeasure launchers. But it looks right. like a honeycomb shape. So <laughs> I said that they're actually a super secret weapon of the Connie, which is space bees. Yeah, no, we... we um, That's we, appalling. That was brought up in my chat earlier when we were watching ATV. He goes, oh, Groggy yeah. is going to be annoyed that the face bees are gone. I was like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what on earth are you talking about, people? I, well, I, I spread the, odd terms all across the, the verse. There's, there's the implication, though, that they do have a kitchen area coming, uh, or what that can open up, which, if is true, it'd be great, because now Groggy's is a place to store his frying pan. Um, oh, that's true. So, Grackies, the question now: uh, What's your favorite ship? What's my favorite ship now? Yes, Endeavor. What's your second favorite ship? Retaliator. What's your third? Connie. I'm making a note of that. Um, so, uh, I really got happy over the missiles. So, oh, those, those loading racks inside? Yeah. Any, anytime you can see things happening when things are happening from inside the ship, blows my mind. Like the mm-hmm. torpedoes on the retaliator, having the mechanism so you can stand there and just hang out in the window, just watching things happen while your friend's shooting people. Watch it, awesome. sit on the torpedo and have it happen. Well, yeah. Um, but then having that kind of windowed loading mechanism so you can see the torpedoes you have loaded and see them loading into the... Uh, just, just yes. Yes. Just yes. The, yes, it is. It is nice. This is why when we open up uh, the bonnet of a car, we watch the fan go around <laughs> and, the, and the engines move. Um, uh, the the thing that uh, was quite interesting is that they didn't reverse the uh, turret at the bottom for the seat. Yeah. So think, yeah. Bad yeah. So one of the things that um, we had, I think, people had noticed uh, in the the first display of uh, the Connie about a year ago was the the reduced view from the bottom turret because uh that's suge- an understatement. <laughs> yeah. The suggestion was to flip uh the the gunner upside down. And then when we saw the tally, uh that's exactly what happened. Um, and it's a very good view. As good as you can get based on the design of the of the turret. 
they didn't do that for this uh, iteration of the Connie because mm. they had to be practical in terms of what they could do within mm. the time frame. And this mm-hmm. is uh, another, uh, you know, when people talk about scope creep, scope seep, um, this is an example you can use where you can say, actually, no. Uh, but what they did uh, come up with was uh, a compromise where it's almost like you're in uh, almost like a cradle, a cradle seat. So the so you're in the seat, but we didn't see it move, but they say it will then kind of moves in the area to give you better visibility. So it'll be very interesting to see how that looks. Um, yeah, we, we can't really comment until we've actually used it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, so. I look forward to trying it out. And honestly, if, if there is a problem with visibility, the community is going to give them straight feedback that we do have to change it because it is an actual problem. Not, yeah. it would be kind of nice if you changed it, but like, I can't see mm. half the screen when I'm in this thing. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, can I, can I just take just a second to talk about the external yeah. walk around? Because the internal oh, yeah. was, was yes. awesome. Yes. But the, the external walk around, there's a few things I want to talk about on that. <laughs> Go for it. Explosive packs. Yeah. Like attention to detail, that, that everything is functional. And the point I want to make is um, to compare it to a video recently came out about another game, which I think is great. Um, um, the, the um, oh, what was it? The Imperial Clipper. They had to drive around the Imperial Clipper. Yeah, um, and that ship it fits that game. It's per- it's awesome for that game. But just as a ship to ship comparison of a walk around, the Clipper it was a hey that's a really cool looking ship, um, and it's nice you can wander around it and it looks fancy and sci fi. Um, it's cool. You go around the Star Citizen ship, the around the constellation. It's this looks like a functional piece of engineering. This has hatches that make sense it has windows that make sense the, en- yes. the way the engine is set up makes sense um it has the wiring the, for the turrets the greebles and the details that makes it look yeah. like something that you could build and would be functional which explosive packs you have an ejection yeah. they're, they're, they're taking time to give you the indication of how things should work which adds that sense of realism to the thing the detail to the thing that you just don't get in other games so Side by side, looking at those two walkarounds, the Constellation one just blows the mind. It just blows, blows my mind how and, much detail they're putting into that. And they made it a point to specifically say, it's still Alpha. We're not done yet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, going back to the question I posed earlier, that's one of the things that subsequently, so I have the things that originally drew me to Star Citizen, and now the things that are keeping me here are the fact that they are really make sure everything feels right because I'm all about immersion. I, yes. I, I immerse myself so deeply in every game I play. Mm. I'm a massive escapist. Um, anything that aids Isn't that is, is awesome, like so awesome. The joy of when your ship gets shot and damaged and the projectiles go through your armor and pierce mm. through components based upon a, physic, a logical trajectory Mm. <sighs> components <laughs> i'm looking forward to turning around in the chair and seeing you know people running to stations all of a sudden go ah and watch <laughs> like the tracers go through the body and see please, them fall please no i actually call crew members components <laughs> oh nice <laughs> wow yeah. you're even worse than me and one million points oh that's an awesome point on the score made so yeah. not only does it look amazing and compared to the old model it looks exquisite 
the half mil polys. They've dropped, dropped no, over a million polys less. I wasn't uh, he over said, half a million? Just over he half a said million? half a million in the video. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. was just over half a million the... polys reduced with detail increase probably tenfold. Yeah. Which says so much for the skill of those artists, man. Like I, yeah. I've, I've worked with artists who have showed me how they do their poly reduction stuff, and I don't get it. I'm not an artist. It it boggles the mind. But to be able to come up with that stuff, I'm now obsessed with the uh, the fan system. Mm. Uh, he's talking about that we can't see. So as soon as unless you blow off the doors, yeah, blow the yeah. doors off the way. Yeah, yeah. As soon as soon as it comes out and it's flyable, and the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to smash those flaps in. So I can um, see the fan and see how it looks. That's what I used to do when we could actually damage our ships with the pistol. I'd land them and shoot them just to check the damage states out. Just because of the detail that they don't, not even putting into the ship pristine, but damage yeah. too. <laughs> this yeah, is exactly, exactly. We're learning something about some of our viewers right now. Fallout 10 says, that reminds me of something I want to see with derelicts. I want to see dead crewmen that are desiccated skeletons. <laughs> nice. Nice. Also, also, Snarks, you can definitely scare me. If you saw me playing Alien Isolation, you know how much you can scare me. So I can't play. I can't. I, I played Dead Space once. Uh, big TV, middle of the night, all lights off. I got in through the first Alien encounter, thing in, encounter, and then I went away and cried. I did mm. that so, with Silent Hill when it first came out. Yeah. Um, so uh, with that, we did see a couple of other things coming through from ATV. Uh, oh yes, Cap, what have you got? So we 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 saw the freelancer and also yes. the uh, the the scout, the Carty uh, Wall, whatever it's called, the Shion yes. scout, mm -hmm. sneakily Fair. in the background. Mm, I mean, mm, nicely, nicely, yeah, just, nicely. Just a little done. sneak. It's like, I'm I mean, in the background just manipulating this model. This is my job. I manipulate this model around. So you yeah, watch yeah. my shoulder. Look at this. Look at this. Because uh, I loved the uh, Jian concept of the, the cartoon. Um, yes. Uh, do, who it's here so has pretty. one? Can't, do you I, have one? I, I don't have one. I have the red model from my Kickstarter in, uh, in my model collection. You can borrow mine. Excellent. <laughs> but yeah, but then also freelancer sneak peek. Yes, and the now that obviously was just a, a, a an artistic render. But yes. for those of us who have picked up freelancers, and I've I've melted mine. I, I had I, I had the Durr and then the Miss the Miss. Um, just seeing from those concepts how they're approaching the interior, so much yes, it's, so much it's smarter tasty. usage. And it's it's completely in line with the actual models we're seeing for the Retaliate and the new constellations. So I have yep. no no um, like doubts at all that the quality of the concept render is going to translate perfectly into the game. Mm. I, I have no doubts. I have it, absolutely. No it's doubt been doing that. that more and more. Like they're mm. like, here's this beautiful, amazing concept, and people are like, yeah, but that's just a painting. Then you get the ship, and you're like, holy yeah. crap! Yeah, this is this is the this thing. This is we better. Have to, <laughs> yeah. We have to be very clear when we when we talk about concept art on this. Obviously, the only the only precondition is they are alpha, so things are subject to change. But uh, the render and develop the the quality of the builds are fantastic. So you get what you see, and if you don't get what you see. They've done it for a good reason. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So uh, we have a lot to look forward to there. And 
it's one of those things where I now have Melter's regret. <laughs> so I have to, I have to, I have to. <laughs> you used to have a freelancer, basically. It, it, it kind of makes me glad that my plan to start in the verse in the Aurora is still standing because it's I a, would be too spoiled for choice. That is how you plan to start. You're going to be an Aurora boy. Aurora, I'm going to have my Aurora, Aurora for my for my work and my bang stang for my play, um, and I, I may keep hold of my saber. I don't know, but uh, other than that. Um, I, I'm going to start out on the ground floor with an Aura MR and build up to building my fleet with the crew of the good ship Narwhal. Uh, and and that, that journey, that voyage from zero to hero is the basis of my foregoing Star Citizen streaming career, I believe. Lovely jubbly. Mm -hmm. uh, and I look forward to spending yeah. time in his bang state. You, me, Grakis, we can change the world. <laughs> If the bang stangs are rocking, <laughs> then the initial knocking are because more than a party. <laughs> yeah. um, so <laughs> we're getting a lot of people talking about various things to do with the ships. Um, one thing that actually uh, came up, uh, and it's interesting considering how they've uh, measured the feedback about the colony and taking various things on board, um, there has been talk about the Cutlass this week. There has. Now, there is. Uh, uh, build of a report that they're going not a report more like an update as to what's happening with the with the constellation with the con Connie I could say with the Connie with the constellation with the Catalyst I've got to yes um, uh, to you kind know of, the ship with the engines the ship with the engines uh, to kind of feedback on where it is uh, what they're doing with it what the future looks like and the various kind of considerations and um, Ben Lesnick came up in chat and he actually. Um, asked the question about would people be willing to get a, a modified or a new ship? Um, because a, a lot of the discussion around the Cutlass is it's not the ship I I thought I was getting. Yep. Um, and I, for one, think it's a, a very cool conversation that's been had. It's an example of them uh, genuinely listening and then you know, it may not happen. We may, there may not be another ship. Uh, there are other considerations, but they're actually sounding out um, the citizens to kind of get their take on things. And it's because in a lot of cases in that Cutlass thread, for the most part, I mean, there are always outliers, but for the most part, it's been, and we've talked about this before and other streamers always talk about it. I, And I'm pretty sure I heard Captain Flint talk about this, but constructive criticism and that's what they've been feeding them, is constructive criticism. Like, hey, this is why I thought it was X, Y, Z. It's not, and here was the reasons. And they're giving, you know, they're listening and actually taking input and saying, okay, this is, you know, where it stands right now. And uh, where it stands, just to update everyone, is outright, the Cutlass has physical limitations with its cargo hold being able to hold as much cargo as it does. There are things the ship can't do in maneuverability, which it was touted to have initially mm. as a competitor to the Hornet for a fighter that it, it just in the physics of it, it the way it's designed it won't work like physically it cannot pull off what people were hoping I the fact that the, its biggest thrusters are maneuverable does give it a lot more rotary agility yes but it, it tends to slide slide exactly right it, now 
doesn't recover from certain maneuvers in a certain way because the, it can't match mm. thrusts for yaw as well. Because even though the the rear ones, the way they flip, there's a lot of technical stuff behind it. But the ship that is possibly going to be proposed, if you know, if they go that route, I believe they named it the Buccaneer. Hmm. Well, wonder, y- yeah. Wonder what I, Captain Flint thinks about that piratey name. I, Buccaneer style, yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. We'll see. It's it's a cutlass light, is what it is. It's 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 the cutlass without the cargo in fighter form. Is yeah what they yeah. basically propose. So you get which, your your big cutlass and your little cutlass, which is probably going to bring it more back in line with the original concepts that people bought off, which was a lot more streamlined. Which is an interesting one because a Crimson Cyclist in chat says, my opinion is that Cutler shouldn't be competitive with the Super Hornet. And it's kind of an odd one because I agree with that. But on the notion that the Cutlass is, a, is to me, a glass cannon. It can deliver a punch, but it will, it, it will fall down. So, you know, so how, how does the glass cannon and then how does... You know, do you think the Cutlass should stand up against the Super Hornet, or do you think that's really the role for the Buccaneer? I mean, where does that kind of position in your head? That's a tough one. Mm. So, I mean, the Cutlass being a bigger ship, a multi-crew ship, um, in my mind, it needs to be pretty solidly multi-role. Um, it needs to be sturdy. It mm. doesn't want to fold at the nearest kind of sniff. Mm. But that said, um, they can stick lots of firepower on it and make it a glass cannon. But then, then the whole point of a ship like the Cutlass is to carry um, a chunk of spoils, of cargo, whatever, as well as being a fighter. Something that folds, you're not going to stick cargo in because it's too high risk. If, you're, if you build something to carry cargo, you want to protect that cargo. So you want to make it strong. You want to make it yeah. tough. Not to mention um, injury uh, or injured NPCs or players because they're ambulances. You don't yeah. want that to fold in a half second and a person transport. Exactly. Well, and and you'd sacrifice maneuverability for that survivability in my mind. It's a part of me wondering now, obviously the red and the blue will, you know, they've got their kind of roles. And one of the differentiators they said for the black was that it's more stealthy so you can make approaches. But what would be really interesting is if they um, they looked at the various forms of fuel consumption. So the the blue and the red could travel farther, because then that could allow the the black to be uh, more beefier, but have uh, a, a a smaller uh, range, which hmm. means that it would then have to kind of work in coordination with either fueling systems or a base or or whatever, which means it could it could be very effective, but it it, yeah. it had a a limit because when you then pack it against trade routes, that then becomes a mm. a, a, a nice wee kind of uh, feature. But then you so, can have the buccaneer glass cannon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the, the, ultimately, the way I see the cutlass, it's a Swiss Army knife. Uh, you also got to factor in there's always a skill modifier. Now, yeah. Yeah. for the, to me, the cutlass is a ship where you as a freelancer slash privateer slash whatever pirate, um, you are going to be in lots of different situations. You want something that's going to be good at everything 
But it's to do that, you can't have something that's great at everything. So that's where you have the skill modifier. So the Cutlass, it has lots of weapons. It's an able fighter. With a in the hands of a good pilot, it can be a great fighter. Um, it, it's got a decent amount of cargo space. It's going to be a, it's going to be a good hauler. Um, if you make use of its uh, or you you plan properly, you can make it into a great hauler because you can pick the right routes and stuff. You can make it great at something using your skill modifier but it, to be that for everything it has to be reasonably good in everything but it's or never going to be as good as um so let's say you have a ship that's a, a great fighter let's say uh, an avenger to leave us the super hornet out there mm-hmm. avengers are great ships you can be a really yep. mediocre pilot and you can fight well in an avenger so um you could be on par with the cutlass in the avenger um but then your skill modifier is going to put you ahead of the colors. Because if you a great pilot in a better, more specific fighting ship is going to be better than the great pilot in the colors. So then it's down to picking your fights, right? Yeah. It, it, it's then, if you are a yep. great pilot in a cutlass, you're not going to fight a great pilot in a combat ship, but you might take on a mediocre pilot in a combat ship. Absolutely. Exactly right. Yeah. So it's knowing your ship, knowing your skill modifier on that ship, and then picking your fights. And by so I, I, skill yeah. modifier, j- just for any audio listeners out there that, you know, might be joining for the first time and stuff, he doesn't mean an actual game system. He means no, no, no. literally yeah, your yeah. skill as a player. Your, your yeah. ability as a player. Because, uh, I mean, I, like I say, I see the Cutlass as a Swiss Army knife. And me, as a skillful pirate, I can turn that to many things. And I can do well, but I will have to pick my fights. I'm not going to go head-to-head with a ace pilot in a Super Hornet because I will get my ass wrecked. Absolutely. Oh, you uh, might enjoy it. Yes. Well, uh, maybe have a a uh, Merlin. Um. So, just looking in chat, I can see a couple of comments around the cutlass. Uh, Solus is saying, "I hope I can outfit my cutlass for salvage." I think. I think so. Tractor I mean, beams. Yeah. When we look at like the Orion, uh, no. When we look at the Reclaimer as a, oh, the Reclaim. Oh, the, yeah, it's the Reclaimer because yes. I had a ship I went yeah. for the Proclaimer. Uh, when when uh, I would work thousand miles, um, we I'm sure they can they can have some kind of uh, reclamation, although it may be quite limited. But you know you're not gonna you're not gonna chew a Connie, but you could certainly chew up a smaller ship or or bring parts in from a mm. battle. Um, so so I, I just just quickly to yeah, segue yeah. from that, if you don't mind, uh, if you Go don't lose any thought, I would no. like them to see handheld equipment. So if, yeah. if you imagine the likes that you have, yeah. so when you go diving, you have these little drone things you hold in your hand that help you swim because they have motors on. Similar sort of thing where you have equipment that, like cutting tools so you can manually salvage. Um, so they have, they, yeah, they have that in the Reclaimer. So, they well, so have, uh, Reclaimer can rip uh, big things apart. I'm talking about... Oh, you no, take no, 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 no. You've actually got that... As You're talking yeah. about kind of dive assist thing. That actually is part of the Reclaimer outfit. So it's also you... supposed to be there for the Cutlass in the long run for salvage. They they talked about it. It's a special EVA tool that they can use for salvage to yeah. fly over, skirt over. Yeah, I, Perfect. I, when I loaded up some of the models, I, I talked about it um, doing the CryEngine stuff. They actually have the model in there for it, the early one. Oh, there you go. Exactly. And that's all you need, right? Because you have the cargo space. You, you can find some smallish wrecks. Um, if you know what you're looking for, you can cut off and salvage the, the lucrative items, stick them in your hold and fly off. You're not going to be able to rip down the whole ship, but you can uh, 
Pick and choose. I'm is picturing it, the opening sequence of Firefly right now. Is it so wrong that what I'm picturing is you would just keep flying to ships that have been attacked and destroyed and you just go to each of the pilots and cut their heads off as proof of bounty? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I'm um, a salvager. On your Scooby <laughs> Puff Jr. Do, 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 do. Uh, and finally, as you should mention, uh, uh, um, Firefly, um, that's when I spoke earlier of my privateer ways. I'm pretty much going to enact Malcolm Reynolds in the verse. Yeah, it's I, I'm, I'm Jane. The, 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 okay, there's there's no there's no shame in being Mal. The but being Jane, dear God, <laughs> I fear you. He's very cunning, don't you know? He does a lovely hat. The um, I'm going to I'm going to just be a very simple trader. Uh, you can come to my 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 floating bazaar in space and. And buy things from me, and I may get things for oh, you. Oh, come on. We all know you're a Nara. I get around. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, can, you can have my spare shuttle. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, 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 well, things like this, it's all about having a seed for your thoughts. And yes. for me, it, it's just the concept. I've already started building up this um, anti UEE leadership sentiment that's going on and kind of trying to read between the lines on these news reports and fueling the conspiracy theories mm -hmm. so living in this gray area where i'm against the management i'm doing things that may not be legal but always moral like i'm not gonna like do slave trading but I'll, 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 I'll ship some goods without asking any questions if you need me to but uh, oh, you absolutely well, as long as they're not live <laughs> I mean, my 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 sh the ship I have as my focal ship is the Banu Merchantman, and uh, I will have other ships to get used to it, other ships to experience other parts of the game. But uh, you can guarantee I will I will ship honest goods and I will help honest people. Some of that is true. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I don't think you can ever call yourself a simple trader when you're floating around in a Banu Merchantman. I'm just a humble trader. Humble. Humble <laughs> in my galleon. Well, it, yes. it, is a, it is a generational ship that's been passed on and on. So, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing super ultra fancy. It, it, it's more of an heirloom. Yes. Yes, we absolutely. We just won't ask where he got it or how. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, so, uh, I... Anything else from ATV or anything else that uh, is coming to our minds? Because it has been a, a, a good news week. I mean, 2.0 is soon. soon. TM. TM. Tomorrow. Little, little TM. Tomorrow, but maybe not tomorrow. Who at knows? Some, at some point, it will definitely be tomorrow. There, it, tomorrow is only a day away, and it could be that day. It, it, uh, it, it could be tomorrow, or tomorrow's tomorrow, and so forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grackies, where can we find you? You can find me at twitch.tv slash grackies, G-R-A-K-E-E-S, as well as pretty much everywhere else on the internet by that name. Awesome. And Cap, uh, thank you very much for uh, hanging out. You have been a fantastic Cheers. guest. Raise the glasses to each thank other. Thank you, sir. Cheers, mateys. Rather. Ar, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there we go. Where can we find you, sir? 
Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Captain Flint. That's C-A-P... <laughs> Can't speak. C-A-P-N underscore Flint. The same on Twitter and yeah. on YouTube. I am C-A- Captain Flint TV, all one word. Yeah. Um, and if you're in podcast land, uh, instantly pause, replay those last 15 seconds, follow this man. And if you're in chat right now, just slam your keyboard until the button comes up that you can hit follow. Follow Captain <laughs> Flynn. Um, and you can find me at twitch.tv slash Thackeray. That's D-O-U-B-L-A-R-T-H-A-C-K-E-R-Y. I should really have a shorter name. Um, <laughs> so, so much love to everybody in chat and to everybody listening. And we'll see you next week. Take care, everyone. Bye, guys. Yar! Arr. Bye. If you like what you heard, please do feel free to follow us. We also do video stuff as well. And give us a review on iTunes. It doesn't matter if it's good, bad, or just indifferent. We want to hear what you have to think. Well, not everything you have to think. I mean, that that could be a lot. Oh, fuck socks. What? Pirate math. Oh, shit. There was one important question I was going to ask oh. for the main show. Okay, we, we can edit this this audio bit in. So, just before we finish, Kat, there is one thing we need to know. Are you Earth or Terra? I'm Fringe. Ooh. Screw all your politics. Oh. I like it. I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay Earth, with that. Earth, I don't, I don't, I don't support the single leadership monopoly of ter- terror that was there and their apathy for the fringe worlds. Terran are too stuck up their own butts and too um, privileged and posh people. I, I, I disavow all of that. I will live on the fringes, earning my way, trying to earn my fortune so I can retire on some beach somewhere. And uh, live out my life with a buxom lady. Um, I, I, I don't want any part of that uh, political crap. That is a fantastic answer. And that makes me very happy because it's clear that you are better than an Earth supporter. <laughs> and everyone's better than a Terran supporter. So that's an awesome response. <laughs> I, that's and, and to be fair, I will take both of their monies. <laughs> good man ted i like earth just because it's closer to elysium so i know i'll get protection if that's the center better you, than terra uh, so yeah. I, I, def- I definitely support earth as a population hub i mm-hmm. just don't support the earth earthly government i agree with that i agree with that um <laughs>